0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Hello and welcome to Psychic Teachers. Deb and I had such a great response to our channeling episode last week that we thought we would share an episode Deb did on her other podcast called Deb and Friends Quest for Connection. In this episode, we're going to share with you Deb speaks to her good friend, Dale Rutman, who is also a channeler, and the two of them discuss what it is like to channel and some of the messages they have received from their guides with some tips and pointers of what we can do with those messages. So we hope you enjoy this episode from Deb and Friends Quest for Connection. Hello and welcome to Deb and Friends Quest for Connection podcast. I am Deb Bowen, your anchor host, and I am just delighted and honored to have you joining me again this week. And I am joined also by my lovely friend, Dale Rutman. Hi, Dale. Hey, how are you this morning? I'm doing just fine, dear, and I am so excited that you're with me and that we have uh, what I truly believe will be uh, another interesting and perhaps enlightening and thought-provoking Discussion for our listeners this week folks if you remember a few weeks ago um, back in maybe late March uh, early April I did an episode with Roger Lockshear where I brought everybody up to date on information that I was receiving from an entity who presents as Mary Magdalene who says that she is part of what she calls the intergalactic council of beings that are here to help us on earth and dale two channels an entity that she talked about in a very early podcast when we first started quest for connection but she's got some new information and wants to fill you in a bit about entity that she communicates from and so she'll be doing that in a minute but our theme interestingly and dale and i actually began our discussions and and worked together on the topic of saving the planet, basically. Golly, Dale, I don't know how many years ago, several years ago. And it's interesting that the information that I receive and the information that Dale receives is very similar. It follows the same thread of of information and energy and suggestions as to what we can do for each other and for Mother Earth. And I, I just think that's just wonderful. And I think that there are probably other folks around the planet who are also in some ways or another getting the same baseline of information. So we want to talk about that and our similarities in that vein in our discussion today. So Dale, let me turn it over to you and ask you to speak for a bit about on who and about the work that you're doing with him, he presents as a male, and what we're really all about here today as we talk about environmental issues, climate change, and water So it's all yours for a minute or
0: two, dear. Oh, well, thank you very much. Well, I will have to say that um, I had a reading back in 2009. And in this reading, a person, a friend of mine said, I'm going to give you a gift. And I'm going to have, I've paid for a reading for you. And I want you to enjoy this reading. And so I, I ended up having a reading from a person from Hawaii. This person I respected and valued very much. He channeled an entity that I thought was uh, very genuine, authentic, loving. And in this reading, that entity came through and said to me that I was going to, in the next year, meet a new guide. And this guide was going to be very instrumental in Helping me with the information I should be giving to people and information I should be writing, and that I should write everything down, and that it would be important for me to share the information. So I said, okay. So I'm thinking, okay. Well, a nice little angel's going to show up, and she's going to be all beautiful, and she'll have blonde hair and sparkle. And so I thought, okay, I'm ready for this. So about four months later, I am sitting in my family room, and I look up in the corner, and there is this entity standing there, tall, 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 looking like, if you can imagine the inside of a bubble, all the colors that are in there, just all those colors just all at one time. And this entity had long arms, long hands, uh, just standing there, just looking at me. And it scared the life out of me. I've never seen anything looking like that. And I was like, oh, no. And so I was, remember, I was folding clothes and, Then I would go in and out of the room and every time I'd come back in the room, the entity would just be standing in the corner and I'm thinking, I hope this is not the entity that he was talking about because I was kind of wanting an angel here. So it stayed and stayed and stayed. Well, that day was a snow day and the snow sort of cleared and my husband said, Let's go down and get our driver's license renewed. I was like, today? And he said, yes, I just heard they were open. So we get in the car and we go down to the driver's license and we sit there and we go and get our driver's license renewed. And we're up there where you get your eyes examined and the signs test and all that. And the lady is talking and I can't not understand a word she's saying. It's like she's speaking a foreign language. And I'm looking at her, and I'm not answering, and I'm looking at my husband, and he says, go ahead, answer her. And I, I'm thinking, I can't understand what she's saying. So he stood there, and he said, you know, you know, she's saying, what is this sign? What is this this? Well, for some reason... I passed the test, and she kept asking questions, and I would look at my husband, and he said, she just said blah, blah, blah. So long story short was I got my driver's license renewed. We get in the car, and he said, what is going on with you? And I said, you may think I'm crazy, but I could not understand another person in there. It sounded like they were saying their words backwards, and you're the only person I can understand. And so he said, I don't understand, I don't understand this. We go home, and I really got scared. I thought, this energy is too intense, and I'm just too afraid to be around it. So I sort of put that whole thing on the back burner. I said, I don't want to see you for a while. I don't want to be around you for a while. I'm too afraid. And he sort of went away. And then finally, I kept hearing in my ear, okay, you can control this. You can tell him, be not so intense with your energy and you can come back and we can work together and it will be okay. So I did that. And then he came back and he didn't scare me and I could actually be in his energy and not lose my ability to listen to people in my own language for sure. So we've been working together ever since, and he has some of the sweetest, nicest messages, but he has very, very good messages, and they all come from love. He says he's from the ninth light. He's part of a collective. He's never incarnated on this earth, and he has great respect for those who have because he knows that it's very hard to take a dense, thick body and be here at this time especially. He and others, like Mary Magdalene, are here to help us through this time. We're not in ordinary times. We're in extreme times, and so we're here, and they're here to help us with that. So that's kind of the story on, on who, and then he gave me his name. That's how we stay connected.
1: I mean, it really is scary, and, you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking, Dale, you've got this being standing in the corner of your den, and you're folding clothes, Right. What are you doing? I I would have stopped and said, whoa, who the hell are you? What are you doing here? (laughs) You are much calmer about that than I would have been.
0: I kept thinking he'll go away in just a few minutes. I know he'll just go away in a few. But I've seen ghosts all my life, so it's like, okay, maybe uh, he'll just like but go you knew away. This was somewhere. no ghost.
1: No, this it was. Wasn't. Not
0: a ghost. <laughs> no, for We've sure. We've both
1: seen a lot of ghosts. We know the oh, difference. Yes. I know for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that is. But right. you know, I I think that one of the things that's happening is that that there was a time where you and I both would have been very hesitant who have gotten on an international radio show and talked about this. But we're finding that more and more we're getting across the planet common ground of, of people receiving messages of that love and light and hope that you're talking about that you get from Anhu and that I get from Mary Magdalene and ways to help us to deal with this extraordinary time in which we are living. So I want to bring us to that. And yeah. and let's talk about what we're getting From our beings uh, and information that we're getting in meditation and in channeling about the situation in the world right now. And folks, another thing you might want to think about is that, golly, about a year ago, almost a year ago, perhaps to the day, one of our Quest for Connection podcast episodes was on water during the Earth Day time of the year last year. We did episodes on water and healing properties of water and on things that we could do to help save Mother Gaia. That hasn't changed. Those episodes from a year ago are as valid as they were and perhaps more so even today, but we have some new information and some new ways uh, to add to that, and and that's what we want to do today. One of the things that you and I both have gotten from Anhu and Mary Magdalene is the whole notion of water grabbing of right. major corporations buying up rights to water and and stopping folks from having it. There, you know, there are rumors that the time will come where. If we want any water at all, we're going to have to buy it. And Ted probably buy it in plastic bottles, which is a whole other thing. I could go off on a whole long tangent about plastic. As you point out, of course, we really do already buy water, but not in the same sense that, that we're talking about here on this large scale from big corporations. So you want to address what who has had to say about that?
0: Well, the one thing that who has had to say all along is We are in a time of really, uh, as Greg Braden would put it, we're in a time of extremes. We are living in a world right now where no one else that ever lived before has had to deal with things we're having to deal with right now. So what we, you know, what we're doing is we are, everywhere we look, there's, as some people put it, we're being fed fear porn. It's like... You gotta fear this, you gotta fear this person, you gotta fear this, you gotta fear that, and so we just get fed it every day, every day. And one of the things that on Hu keeps saying over and over is don't let them see you this this fear. So what he wants us to know about water is this. We see pictures of on on our television and social media about people who do not have water and they're, you know, where they are is very dry. What we know is, what they want us to know is that there is plenty of water. We have to look at it from a higher perspective and we can't buy into what everybody's telling us. We have to understand that we have a lot of water. The ice caps are melting. Global warming warming is happening. And we're going to have, as you put it, Deb, more water than we know what to do with. But we've got to make it clear, clean, drinking water. And so the emphasis has got to be on how do we do that. Now, we have islands already that can take seawater and they can take it and make it uh, drinkable. They desalinate it. They separate the salt from the water and they make it drinkable. And it's very – and Tampa, Florida right now, they're doing the same thing. However, they're saying it's very, very expensive. It's very, very expensive. You know, I'm not sure if that's true, if it's as expensive as they say. But I know that there are lots of people right now working on a low-cost way to do this. You know, one of the things is what do you do with the salt after you take the salt out? You know, you can't just, like, put it back in the ocean because you dump a bunch of salt on top of what's in the ocean and you're going to start killing the life forms that are in the ocean. So, But we're smart enough to figure this out, and, you know, we're using things like these membranes that we filter the salt out with and that's what they're using right now is they're using these huge membranes to filter the salt out so what you've got left is you've got pure water so on who wants us to know that we need to rise our consciousness up higher and no matter what they're saying that there's scarcity of we know how to make it not be true we are smart enough to come up with ways to circumvent some of these problems that these fear mongers, these fear porn providers (laughs) are trying to get us to listen to. And he is saying, he and those in the ninth light say, don't buy into that. Don't buy into that. We should put our consciousness on what the resources we have and how we can make those resources better. So we may be at some point buying these little membranes, you know, in in packages, and we may be taking seawater. You know, ice caps in Greenland, they're melting, but that's seawater. We may be taking those, and we may be taking those and making clear drinking water. So
1: that's one thing that we may be doing that they want us to know. So, Dale, several things are going through my mind as as you're talking. Mary Magdalene's message is, is similar, but she, she speaks in terms of levels of commitment to how to, to help each other with earth changes. And what you're talking about or what i who was talking about in, in one level was about governments and, and big entities and corporations and, and so forth doing that kind of desalination process. When I was a little girl, the little beach town that I grew up in had a desalination experimental plant on the island. And it lasted a few years and then was shut down because of lack of government support and funding. And it was very expensive. And so, you know, yes, we still had salt water and that was the end of that too. But you're right. I mean, I'm aware that that's going on in a lot of other places. So there's there's that. But, but Mary Magdalene also talks about things that we can be doing at a very small, seemingly small, and yet very meaningful and powerful attempt individually to change the way we have a relationship with water. For Mm -hmm. example, turn off the faucet when you brush your teeth. It's just about truly being conscious of how much water we use and and don't use and, and what we do with our own individual relationship with water. For goodness sake, stop buying it in plastic bottles. I mean, good golly, you know, there are are better ways to, to do this. Using a reusable metal thermos, for example, when you go places. I have one that has a hole in the top, so it fits on my finger. So it just sort of lives with me wherever I go, you know. There are ways in which we can really be much more conscious using gray waters. The reclaiming efforts that are run by Starhawk and some of the folks she works with, you can just Google Starhawk's website and see some of the work that she does to teach people about saving water and using water and and our relationships to Mother Earth. So Mary talks about those kinds of things that, that we can be doing on a very practical kind of of level the other thing that that you alluded to in your conversation about on who you called it what kind of porn I forgot the word oh fear porn fear porn that I just <laughs> that's a great phrase that's a great phrase because I think that one of the things that has happened and has escalated dramatically over just the past few years is what is truth exactly truth isn't what truth isn't what you believe Truth isn't what you want it to be. Exactly. You're so right. And she talks about that to me a lot uh, about really using the gift of discernment that we all are given to really examine and research what are real facts as opposed to what we're being said in the media. And so I just. I think that that becomes a really important piece of this puzzle. If we could just set aside our beliefs and our worldviews and look at what is and really get that information. I have to tell you, I miss Walter Cronkite. You know, there was a time when Walter Cronkite came on the air at whatever time it was, 7 o'clock, and just told us what happened that day. And then the show was over. You know, there was no commentary. There was no opinion. It was just facts. That is not the way it is today. And I think that's a real serious problem. But I think that each of us is responsible for demanding facts and demanding honesty from the media and from politicians and from corporate world and from each other and from ourselves.
0: Well, I'm and I think that, that... Go ahead. Go ahead. I,
1: I was just going to say, and I'll, I'll wrap up, but just I, I think that that's when we really do begin to see our relationship with with the earth and ourselves and our responsibility to each other in a different way so what were you going to say i'm sorry
0: i was going to say i think it's very important and this is this is another message that i pick up that i get from you know from on who is that we don't have to sell everything we invent to the government you know we can do things in a small way if if i invented a filter just a filter that could take the salt out of seawater and make water drinkable, then I don't if I do that in small batches, I don't have to sell that to the government. Now, if you do it in large batches, they're gonna come in and wanna regulate it, this and that. But what I'm hearing is again, if we stay within our communities and we look after each other, we stay connected, which is why we're doing this show if we stay connected and we look after each other, then we don't have to be, you know, we don't have to be um, connected to a- an institution or a government or a something that's going to take what somebody invented for good and turn it around and make us pay for it and tax for it and turn it into something else. So it's important that we look after each other, you know, we keep on inventing new things and we invent it so that we can use it community-wide and we don't turn it over to the governments, thinking that they're going to put up a huge big water tower with a big water filter and there is going to be great water for everybody because it's going to be great water for people who can't afford it and it's not going to be great water for people who can't afford it. Their message is to look after each other. And if somebody is, has come up with something, support that person. You know, try it out. If they say, I can take this out. And then there are many things we can do with the salt that comes out of the seawater. We're smart enough to figure out there are tons of things to be done with, with that salt. So they want us to know that we can rise above all that and we don't have to filter everything through, you know, the government. That's not the right way to send it.
1: You know, Dale, you and I talked a long time ago about how the time would come when science and spirituality and politics and business and all sorts of aspects of the modern world would merge. They would come together into, at some point where there would be common ground that was going to need to be addressed. And I believe the water is it. I do believe that. I think
0: that's a, I absolutely think that that is a huge one. I do. And I don't think we the people anymore are going to be governed by any more of, we're not going to be, well, hijacked. We're not going to be hijacked by the government anymore and so that we suffer like we have suffered in the past. I think that our consciousness has risen up further than that. I think that we are smarter than that, and I think we're so sick and tired of just hearing the same old rhetoric and getting no support and no results. And I think that, you know, it, we're not being taken seriously when we say that we the people are cohesive a lot more than what people, other people think, those in power or those who want to take power. So I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think that we're going to allow it to happen. I think we will stay together, support each other. I think there are enough people right now interested in, like, vertical farming, you know, where you don't have to take you know, take over land, but you can take it up a pole. You know, you can, you know, the hydroponic farming that, you know, farmed in water, and it doesn't take that much water. You can do it in your garage. I think we're
1: that smart now. I really, really do. And, you know, it's interesting to hear you talk about that. I, there are several things that are going through my mind. I have a lovely friend uh, who does a lot of innovative gardening. She has poles in her yard uh, where she has um, gutters that, that have come off of houses, you know, that have been cast off. And they're nailed to the poles and they've become flower pot, uh, gardening pots, and, and she grows beans and things in these gutters. And, you know, there's just really, there. I mean, the innovation is, goes on and on and on. And we think of that as innovation, and it's also taking us back to a time before modern mass farming before GMOs and gigantic corporations uh, did this, but farming was done by small people in in small ways and still managed to feed folks. I read something the other day that said the average age of the old-fashioned American farmer was like more than 60 years old. And so I'm hoping that these young people who are working on organic farming and and so forth are moving along pretty quickly. I know we have several folks like that in in my area and I buy my food from them at farmer's markets and and whatnot Mm -hmm. now. You know, I'm hoping that that why we on one hand, while we look at this as modern innovation and technology actually in many ways we're going back to something that is really very fundamental and very old-fashioned. And I think that that's a lot of what we need to do in terms of sustainability for life on the planet. I think that's really an important piece of the puzzle. We're at the halfway mark, so let's give people some information about who we are and what we're doing here. And then we'll pick up and talk. More, I want to move more into the spiritual aspect of, of what we're talking about here today in our second half, if we could. Folks, you are listening to Deb and Friends Quest for Connection podcast, and I am Deb Bowen, your anchor host. I'm joined by my friend who is a psychic medium and past life regressionist, Dale Rutman. And I am so happy to have Dale with me today as we have walked this journey of the this discussion with our guides for some time now together. So this has been really fun. Dale, I know you've got some things that you're working on and noodling around on for the summer you want to tell folks where you are with that
0: yes I'm going to be teaching some classes this summer one is going to be on the laws of the universe very interesting uh, class it's going to be does the universe actually have laws and are we adhering to those laws and some of them are laws of quantum physics some of them do question is, do they correlate with the laws that we try to adhere to that we know about? And the other thing is, when we think of those, do we think of religion? It might not be religious laws. A very interesting class. If you're interested in signing up for that class, contact me at dalerutt1 at gmail.com. Contact me before June
1: 1st. There you go. All right. And I will put Dale's contact information up on our Facebook page, Deb and Friends Quest for Connection. And then Dale, I too am working on my plans for the summer. I have a couple of of new ideas moving around in my mind that I'm trying to just sit with and ask for guidance on from my guides. So some new things will be coming forth in the summer as well and folks you can connect with quest for connection in many different ways you can listen to us on i on itunes on blog talk radio you can connect with us on our facebook page which is deb and friends quest for connection you can email us at gmail.com and you can get more information on our philosophy and our co-host on my website which is debbowen.com So love to have you connect with us. That's the the whole point of this podcast and the whole point of our Facebook uh, page is to look at ways in which we can connect from and learn from and share with each other. So there we go. Dale, in my conversations with Mary Magdalene, and I think of them as conversations because she does let me talk back. I don't know whether or not on who does that with you, but but she lets me ask questions. I, I, I say, wait, I don't understand that. Clarify that for me. And and she will try again to make it make sense to me. But one of the things that she talks about uh, frequently in this issue uh, of water and food and saving the Earth is that we have to think beyond our own little world, our own individual little orbit of our own little planet, that we have to right. think in terms of, the impact that we, that everything we do has globally. We have to think in terms of our connection to planets beyond. Saturn went retrograde, for example, this week. Well, what does that have to do with me? Something, you know. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> So what do we have to do in terms of our responsibility to each other and the world beyond us and in living consciously? And she said that a part of that has to do with looking at what we value, do right. we value buildings, for example, and or do we value trees? Do we value money or do we value time? How do we how do we connect in a way that looks at a value system that I think is and she says is horribly skewed these days. Do you have thoughts on that? Well, it is a value system that's, that's part
0: that's skewed, and you know our. Our world, our planet, um, it, it actually works in cycles. You know, it's like the Mayan calendar that ended in December 21st, 2012. It ended because supposedly every time that every 25,000 years, we go into a new level of consciousness. And that new level of consciousness is supposed to uh, raise, raise our consciousness up. So we're a little bit smarter, a little more spiritual. And when you do that, then you've got, you create, you know, there there's two or three things that happen. You get climate changes, for one. So you've got people working with that. And you've got economic changes, of course. You know, you've got that, and you've got with with I've talked about solar flares and and how the Earth tries to rhythm up with that, and we try to rhythm up with the Earth. And you've got uh, human conflict. You know, you've got when the flares are up, people they're they're ratcheted up very high. They got they got no your patients are thin, you have no tolerance for each other. So we're in the throes of all of that right now. We're dealing with, and that's why we say we're in in extraordinary times. We're not in ordinary times because we're dealing with all that right now. It's hard to figure out which way to even go. It's a very confusing time for people. And then you've got people that who want power and control that are coming on so strong and they have so many lies that they're telling us. And it's just, we have to really stay as calm and grounded and anchored and centered as we can to maintain ourselves through this. I think what what our guides are telling us is that You know, before you let yourself just go and get caught up in all this, it's like a big, huge whirlwind. You have to to maintain that for yourself. Do that first and hold on to your spirituality. Hold on to what you know in your gut to be true before you allow yourself to get caught up in this whole whirlwind of what's going on. It's a very difficult time right now for all of us very very difficult time and we're just in a a big vortex of chaos and change and everything is going on we asked to be here for some reason we're here for some reason so we have to remember that too but the idea is to stay just as true to your spiritual nature as you can
1: absolutely i I agree with that and one of the things i taught a course this past year called wisdom of the sages and one of the things i asked my students to do in that course was to write a document that would be an ongoing evolving ever-changing perhaps document of what they believed and and Mm, i asked them to do that because that's good that's good it's a great exercise, and so certainly I recommend it to everybody who's listening. And certainly, you feel free to use it in your courses as well, Dale. But mm. um, somebody asked me that question, golly, back in the 70s, and uh, so I started writing an answer to that. And and that document has changed and morphed and grown and evolved over what these past 40, was a long time, 40 some years. And that's okay because as I've learned more, I've I've viewed the world in my spiritual self in a different way but never once has that been i hope a mechanism for proselytizing or convincing somebody else that they ought to believe the way i do or Mm -hmm. you know that's that's not okay in my world it is it's these are just my beliefs i think that's a respectful way to be that's just my opinion but so i just i think that as we are in such turmoil as you say a vortex about spirituality that Some clarity, uh, just believing that what you believe is okay and it is what it is, and what somebody else believes is what they believe and that's okay, is a great place to be to try to find common ground and to find a way of being kind and respectful to each other's way of being. You know, because of course we all know that there are wars fought over spiritual beliefs. We even at this moment as this podcast is being aired. We know that. I've never understood that, but there it is and has been for a very long time. And I just really believe that I think there are going to be more. I think we're going to see parts of the planet erupting that haven't, that have been kind of quiet for a while. I think that's getting ready to to change over the next few years because I know that sometimes things have to get worse before they get better. But I do always believe that there is hope and that when you, your comment about we are all here at this point in time for a reason, I think we're meant to be the peacemakers. I think I, we're meant to be.
0: I agree. And I think that, you know, you know if you, and, and this is just me saying this, okay, if, if you're a deeply religious person, then just go to the core of that religion, you know, the core of it, you know, treat someone the way, you would want them to treat you just go to the core of that religion you know where it started from if you if you're a religious person you know and and it's all the same really you know every spiritual person every religious every religion the core of it the very core of it really is all the same it's about love forgiveness it's about treating people with kindness. It's all the same core feeling. And that's what that's what makes us feel connected when you feel that. The guides are try, trying to remind us of that so we will connect with each other. So when we have severe climate changes, and, and you and I both know, and we've been told by our guides, it's just like you just said, it hasn't it's just begun. There are going to be more hurricanes. There are going to be more volcanic, volcanic eruptions. There are going to be more tornadoes. It's not going away. We have to understand that we are more alike than we are different. And, and that in and of itself, as far as I'm concerned, connects me to the next person. Absolutely. That's, I absolutely that's how agree. I feel
1: yeah i just really believe that in the midst of the chaos of war political upheaval and insurrection and violence and disagreements from various religious factions and environmental issues and all the stuff that goes on around us every day that that impacts us whether we're conscious of it or not just because we see it on social media it flits by us on the television or on the radio, uh, we're bombarded constantly by so much negativity that one of the things that I really recommend, and I do this, is I take moratoriums from the media. I have hours a day that I don't have any way of knowing what's going on in the world. I don't check Facebook. I don't check Instagram. I don't own a television set. Uh, you know, so I don't listen to the. I don't even listen to the. I don't listen to the radio. You know, and so I I find that in that silence, or in just listening to uplifting music, shifts my perspective on who I am and what I do, and what my role is with the rest of the world around me. I, I had three old friends come visit me yesterday afternoon. And, and one of them has been quite ill. And it was, a, it was a big undertaking. He's had a stroke. And it was a big undertaking to, to get him here to my house yesterday. And I was so happy that he felt well enough to come visit. And he just stood on my deck. And he said, these trees are the most amazing things I've ever seen. And I said, yes, I agree. They really are. And I spend a little time every day speaking to each one of them. And because he knows me, He didn't roll his eyes. He heard that, and he he said, oh, that's a really nice thing. I said, yeah, you remember to talk to the trees in your yard, too. And I could see him registering that, oh, yeah, he could do that, too, at his house.
0: That's where you find the
1: center. It's when all that is
0: turned off, and it's like, you know, somebody said people, they see people running through a park or wherever with their Walkman, their headphones on or something, and they're like, they they think they're disconnecting or something and they're not really disconnecting, you know, because right. they have something going on in the air. If you really want to find your core, just give yourself a little time every day with nothing going on. And then mm-hmm. that's where you get
1: good answers and find yourself. You know, I can't tell you how many emails. Yeah, absolutely. I can't tell you how many emails I've gotten over the years from folks who say, you know, I can't, my spirit guides don't talk to me. I i they, they never say anything to me. What am I doing wrong? And and my response is not always really very gentle. My response is sit down, shut up, and listen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I did this skit in my one of my classes <laughs> a few months ago where I had one of my ladies be a spirit guide. And then I uh, was a, a person that was trying to connect with the spirit guide, and I was pretending I was like this mother and I had to go through a drive-thru to get pizza, and the pizza was... Cold and the kids were crying and I was talking constantly and had the TV on and I was getting all frustrated and she was tapping me on the shoulder and and then I was saying something like something's wrong with my shoulder I think I need to go to the doctor I keep feeling weird and you know and it was my spirit guide trying and finally my spirit guide the lady that did it just looked at me and went threw up her hands and went and sat down in the chair.
1: <laughs> said, That's a. Great... <laughs>
0: Sometimes they just throw their hands up and just go sit in the
1: chair. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a great exercise for you to do as well. And that's what happens, you know. You know, if if we don't shut up and listen, they can't talk, you know. And and you and I both know what that's like. Um, yeah. I mean, that's certainly, I, I remember that first time that Mary Magdalene came through in meditation and I'm like, wait, what? Wait, no, you're not.
0: And I remember I saying I don't wanna do this. I don't wanna do this. Oh man. And I remember you saying, I don't wanna do this
1: Oh no. I remember calling you and saying, Dell, I've lost my mind you know? <laughs> uh, This is crazy making. I know. Yeah. But but my point is is you if you and I can do it, so can everybody else. Right. Uh, that right. that information can come to us all. And, right. and it is a matter of slowing down and being still and truly listening. And then, in as much as we can, acting on it.
0: Right. It's a and that, that takes a little bit of courage because you never know what people say behind your back after you act on it. <laughs>
1: no, you don't. <laughs> you absolutely don't. But I think yeah. as, as we begin to wrap up here, what is the main message that you really would like for folks to take away from our conversation today?
0: Well, the main message that I think on who would like for people to take away is, number one, just know we are in extraordinary times and just know that we're here for a reason right here, right now. And you have to go inside and ask yourself, what am I here for? What am I really here for? And then the other thing is know that we're going to be fed a lot of fear and Just know that we have raised our consciousness up enough to handle anything that we're being fed. We're smarter than that. And Mother Earth is doing what she has to do right now to get through this cycle. I feel, and on who feels, it would be a great service to her if we helped her through it, whether it be turn your water off when you're brushing your teeth or making clean drinking water using a filter or whatever we do, that it would be a great service to her if we actually took great care of her. She's taken great care of us for many, many, many thousands of years.
1: And I hear that. I I hear that and I love that message. And I think that Mary Magdalene's message is very similar in that we really do need to, to take care of each other we may need to move beyond politics and ideology, and we need to do that on an individual basis as well as a collective basis uh, with governments and, and politics, yeah. and find don't a let
0: way. To, yeah, tell us what to think anymore. Don't, don't let's don't do that anymore. <laughs> I've been there myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know it's a scary thing.
1: It really is. And and so how. What is one thing you can do different today? And if it's turning the water off when you brush your teeth, if it's saying I'm going to buy a reusable water bottle and I'm not buying plastic water bottles anymore, I'm going to make my own deodorant, I'm going to really, you know, those kinds of things. How can I do this in a way to minimize my footprint on this planet? And what do I value? One of my favorite writers is John D. McDonald, who died some years ago, and McDonald's wrote was a prolific writer and he wrote a murder mystery series with a detective kind of guy who's the lead character whose name was Travis McGee. And in one of those twenty some books in the Travis McGee series, Travis or his friend Meyer says if there were twenty five seashells in the world, what would they be worth? What would they Mm -hmm. be worth if that was all we had left? Oh man. So what do you value? Dale, thank you so much for being with me today and and doing this episode. I'm so delighted that we have had this opportunity to talk. I hope it has been helpful and thought provoking to you folks listening. And we'll be back with you again in a couple of weeks with another episode. I'm not quite sure what it's going to look like, but believe me, there will be one coming. Thank you, you, Dale. For having me. Yes, thank you so much. You folks stay connected out there, and we'll be back to you. Take care. Bye bye.